back, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Unimonia Podcast, uh, and we're with you today. Well, well, I'm your host, Mick, and I'm Don. I hope everybody's doing well today. Um, today is uh, is a special episode, I would say. Uh, d- you know, considering the the day that it is, the day that's in it. Um, but I'm actually gonna. Well, we're gonna, of course, uh, everyone. Make sure to get in contact with us and join in the conversation. All of the links, all of the good stuff will be in the description box below. What you can find in the description box is our Twitter and our email. And uh, yeah, just reach out, get in contact. We love to to hear you guys. But for this episode, what I would like is yourself, Don, to actually kick it off. This was this was your kind of um, your, this is your baby in the making. This is it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what we're going to discuss this week, guys, on your Monday, uh, is we're going to talk about a notion of duty of care. Um, basically, in simple terms, without getting too specific with things, just about um, the, the notion of caring. Um, you know, is it a, you know, just in relation to, like, actually just the physical, I suppose, the phenomenon of caring, what that means, what it kind of, what it sort of constitutes, uh, why it's important, if it's important. Uh, what you think about it? We're we're gonna go and take a, a little trip down that path today. Uh, I think it's a very important one to me. It's quite central, and there's a quite a there's quite a relationship between, um, you know, in my view, caring and care ethics. Uh, with respect to, you know, we can, can I suppose you could almost contrast it with virtue ethics, and and in particular, uh, we can actually go back to the whole meaning of the name of the of this podcast in in particular. So it's a particular interest to me, uh, in particular today. So th- this is this. So Don's going to get very, very excited about this episode today. So it's going to be about caring, and we're going to ask you know some some basic questions. We're going to start off with some basic premises, and uh, I'm going to go right forward with it and just say that my null the null hypothesis in this one is the fact that we need to care about one another, and it is our how would you say it? It's our dare I use the term civic responsibility to care for one another. And uh, I, I mean, I think there's an awful lot of lack of caring, and then in some domains in life, there's a lot, there's an awful lot of caring, um, that's been you know demonstrated between people, between between individuals, uh, between organisations, uh, between different countries, and what that means to the individual and as a larger of to society. I I know I've just totally butchered that, but there we go. <laughs> no, no, no. You did you did you did the job. You did the job. You know, at the end of it. Um I think the episode's going to speak for itself as we kind of move forward, but um, uh, you've kind of given your 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 summary, uh, your conclusion, where you're you're saying that uh, we should care. That's kind of like at the end, right? It's like you've given them here's a little taster. Let's develop that thought, right? Um, it's interesting. Um, I actually, interestingly enough, obviously, but we just to give people some background into like the concept making for the podcast a little behind the scenes for you guys um we we of course we talk we talk it out we we kind of flesh out topics um uh, as we always say there we have a plethora of of different uh, uh ideas that we'd like to discuss so we t- we we we, in, we do an initial talk and uh, just to see how the episode would be and how we want to track it and yeah and you know we were talking about different questions that we would ask. And this is kind of a very interesting one to me because for me anyway, it's not a straightforward, yes, we should care, no, we, we shouldn't. 
Um, I feel like there's a lot of layers mm-hmm. to it. Um, so uh, I'd like to. I, get, I I suppose we'll we'll see how the episodes develop really, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll come to a conclusion. But but as of now, I think um, uh, I think personally anyway, uh, the duty of care. Uh, I think you are right. I think we do have a duty to care for one another. Um, but I also think that that duty of care has to be somewhat quantifiable. Um, so. Like I've said before to yourself, Don, anyways, I feel like it's a scale. Um, you know, you can't just be one to a hundred. It, it, can't, it can't, for somebody, for an individual, it can't just go from one to a hundred straight up. It, there's like a, a different life events, let's say, that will give you your final score. It's like a level, I don't know, um, for all the gamers out there. <laughs> it's like a, you kind of level up, right? And then you kind of develop your... Um, much like everything, I guess, on a personal point, you, you, your like life, a power bar, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your your life really does um, push you in a certain direction of how you um, respond emotionally uh, to certain things and um, psychologically and all that kind of stuff. So, I feel like different outcomes throughout your childhood, your early teens, and your early adulthood will determine how much you care about other people yeah i think you're right i think it's particularly important like you say to un- to understand that it, you know it it can it needs to be it's both a quantitative and a qualitative um um concept and both aspects need to be looked at frankly um, I think in particular, it's important to look at the domain in which we're talking about caring. So if we like, for example, the actual term duty of care, you know, from my money, and I think most of the listeners would probably be familiar with that term more so as a legal term than anything else. So you'll often hear about it in relation to employment law that the employer has a duty of care to the employee. So if you're a scaffolder and you're three stories up and you're going on to, you know, build away and get up to the fourth floor um you know your employer has a duty of care to provide you with ppe and various things that you are required to wear uh first of all by law and secondly um uh how do you say it um yeah it's just a requirement because if you get if you fall or get or, or get injured or a brick falls on top of your head and you you know you end up with permanent brain damage as, as a result and so on um you know who's actually at fault or who's actually liable so um of course, the employer has the duty of care in that respect, and that's why you'll be given what you need to succeed at your job in that case. So it's not I'm not really focusing on that level of care at all, actually. Um, I'm more interested in talking about specifically one-to-one and how we treat people individually when we meet them in life, uh, no matter what domain that might be, although the domain itself is, by definition, very important because in some cases you won't have much care at all. Because that's not the domain that's re- that's relevant or, in- or of interest to have that be a thing. So if I go into my, um, if I go into an auctioneer and I'm, I'm looking to buy a house, <clears throat> like there's not really much of a duty of care there. I mean, the auctioneer would have a duty of care that you give them your specifications and you go and go, right, okay, I'm looking for X, Y, and Z. Here's my budget. Off we go. And they'll show you some properties to, to that effect. So in that respect, they have, you know, it's a customer-based relationship. So 
you wouldn't expect them to be talking to you in the car on the way down to visiting the first property um, to be truly empathetic to your day. You know, they'll be businesslike and so on. <clears throat> so I think the domain is important that we understand what we're looking at. Um, I think where this gets really interesting is when we start talking about property in particular, um, the teaching um, uh, element. So this kind of, I think, where the whole... The whole field of care ethics kind of kicks off with um, a woman called uh, Ned, uh, Ned, Ned Noddings. And what she was looking at in particular was focusing on the, you have like the caregiver and then the carer. So the actual, the actual carer, the person who, who does the caring, and then the person who's also re receiving the, the caring. And it sounds pretty obvious, but that symbiotic relationship will only work and I say it's a, it's a symbiotic relationship. That's actually not true. Um, it is, there is a, not, not a power dynamic, but there is a, in a sense, there is someone who's receiving something from somebody and someone who's who's giving it. And that's always not necessarily, um, how do you say it, um, a one-to-one -one, like, like ratio. But what's important to remember there is that the person who's receiving the care actually gives a lot back and actually contributes to the carer carry process so i think that's quite important it, it's a field it's a field of of ethics that has kind of gotten a bit of a boost in the last i suppose like 40 or 50 years i think it's really important but without going on that without going down that line too much what i want to kind of bring it kind of to bring it back to the surface mick what i'm looking to do is also <clears throat> to discuss the whole notion of dharma and is it our like it probably feels better to you know donate a few quid into the poor box every month if you have it but i think it goes a lot further than that actually and i'm of the opinion that we should be looking towards our own developing our own moral philosophy and then out of that comes what we are to do about caring and as you say at the beginning, if we want to try and quantify it, you're right, we need to quantify it and we need to understand in what specific situation, or in other words, in what domain we're looking for. Because if we care too much, that can be quite damaging and quite frankly, um, it can become unimportant, irrelevant and actually treated with hostility. And in some cases, quite frankly, it should be treated with hostility because that's not the appropriate action. So it's to, it's to understand in what respect that's going to be required. But I suppose the null hypothesis, at least it, from my end of things, looking at this thing empirically, is that our level of care is oftentimes far lower than it should be in most cases. And I think with a situation like kind of caring for one another and what, what that means, I think what's particularly important to remember um, is that we, we, you know, we probably don't often care enough. And if we're just to being open to that notion of what it means to um, to take an interest in somebody more so than what you might think. Um, I had another concept, but I'm after forgetting it now, so I'm going to hand the mic back to you. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, you you went through a lot of stuff there, which is uh, all interesting stuff, I would say. Um, and yeah, I think the notion of caring is. Um, um, well, I suppose, as you said, it's something that I would say, you know, instead of uh, quantify, specifically quantify 
Um, I think a lot of it is uh, uh, to do with also maybe maybe as I said before, it's not a straightforward question in my in my head. So perhaps I'm struggling a little bit more in this uh, to kind of bring forward the discussion. But um, I really do think that because because as you said, we're not ta- you know the domain really does matter. But but the domain can be at work. Like we're saying, the duty of care towards one another, f- towards individuals, and yeah. although we're saying that specifically duty of care in a legal point at work is not what we're con- considering, um, we're not we're not uh, we're not really um, taking away the fact that you will encounter individuals at work, and your response will be very different and uh, towards certain people, specific people. So. Um, it's really important to understand. Um, well, first, like you said, do you ha- do you need? Should you have a duty of care in that specific domain? You you gave the example of uh, an auctioneer or, or uh, uh, realtor, realtor, re, <laughs> realtor, <laughs> ah, uh, agent uh, buying a house. In other words, um, and. Yeah, that I suppose there I would agree with you that the the concept of um, caring goes far uh, far away from from individuals because I still would consider that the person the agent is in work mode, so his he his care will be skewed by his work. Um, I think there's going to be factors into people's lives that are going to skew um, your overall care because you can do. A nice thing, right? Let's say you go to church and you donate a couple of quid in in the in the basket. I feel like that's skewed because everyone's doing it, and you're like, okay, I'll do it too. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you care. It just means that in a certain situation, you're um, you're doing something that everyone is doing. I'm explaining this really badly, but bear with no, me no, for a second. No, no, you're not. It's actually quite good because I have a number of things to come out of that already. But it, anyway, yeah, it's just uh, you, you, certain certain situations will um, kind of inadvertently make you do something that perhaps you don't agree with, but because the the general people in that area are doing it, you're like, well, I, I don't want to make a big deal out of it, right? Um, now, obviously. That mind, that that initial thought might not be exactly like that, but but you, it would be rare for someone not to donate in a in a situation like that in church. Um, now, obviously, the amount that you donate is completely optional, but but it's the act more than the amount. So you essentially yep. showed that you care. That's an act of uh, of caring, in in my opinion, anyway. But doesn't mean that everybody would do that if it was a one to one situation. Like if it was a, you go into a room or, or like a little hut and it's all darkened, you enter in a, in, a, in a door and you get out the other side, everyone lines up. I would be surprised if everyone decides to donate because at that point, whoever's donating is in this hut. So it's like secret um, and nobody's there. Nobody can tell. No, There's nobody at like the other end with their hand out. It's literally you and a basket or whatever it is. And I would f- see that that is different. Now you get to actually make your own decision on that one because nobody's there to prompt you. Um, I feel like, you know, 
church, it's like the person handing you over the basket is like, here you go, man, it's your turn. So yeah, it's skewed. And I think certain situations will skew your 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 opinion on caring. And I think work is one of them. And certain lines of work, you have to seem like you care. You have to show that you care when in fact, perhaps you don't. And one of the, another example there is being a store assistant. If somebody asks you where somewhere something is, you show kindness in showing them or perhaps telling them, even if that person is being very arrogant or um, distasteful. They're, and They're in a hurry or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, certain situations don't exactly prompt. I mean, I was a store assistant for, for a few months and um, it was... I found it really difficult with certain customers that were very rude. Um, but because you're at work, that skews your your objectiveness. Um, because if you were out in public, you just, you know, tell them to do one. Um, but that's because in that sense, you don't really need to, right? But because work is in there, um, you have to show a level of careness. So I do think, although you do need to quantify, although technically... In my eyes, you do quantify the level of care. I also feel like there's a skewness there for uh, for certain situations. Yeah, I think you've broken that down really, really nicely because you've demonstrated precisely what Noddings is sort of why she has such an issue with the education system, as do I. Because what you have there, and I think it's it's very, very well thought out. Where. Um, you have basically, well, I mean, if you go back to the the uh, church life, life situation, that's completely, um, how do you say it? That's completely um, um, based on on social pressure and peer pressure. So, you know, if you're the one who doesn't like to ed- donate or at least be seen to look like you are donating anyway, certainly. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's, it could be a bit problematic, possibly. Um, I'm not involved in any churches, so I don't know the the um, the ins and outs of the nuances there. But I would suspect it wouldn't be a very popular decision if you were to just pass along the box, you know. Um, but what I would say, like that's almost exclusively social. So while that's actually quite an an interesting d- dynamic, all in all in in, in 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 its own right, I'm not really interested in discussing that today. Although maybe we might come back to it at a certain point. But in particular, what you've mentioned then about say how you might treat somebody at work when you're in so-called work mode. That's very interesting because, at least to me anyway, certainly it's very interesting because I would agree with you, we all have this work mode that we put on and I think it's a, it's very important that we do that simply to protect ourselves and to just get to get to get on with it. And, you know, it's a means to an end, you know, but and that's fine. Um, although Aristotle has something more interesting to say about a means to an end. He's, he kind of had the, the fact that there was two kind of approaches where you have like, you have like doing things for their own sake so ends in themselves you know versus the means to other ends concept um but like you know that's precisely where i think the issue is actually because okay we'll it's almost as if because and i, I hey look i worked as a store assistant for like five years so i know i'm in the same boat as you i think it was very difficult with certain people definitely um especially when you know them too because uh, they they keep showing up you know um, so it's it's very strange, but um, yeah, yeah. If uh, I may say, it's uh, when you know them, I feel also that they take certain liberties with you, right? <laughs> if you let them, but again, that that's um, you know, that's that's sort of um, you just have to deal with certain people in certain ways. But like moreover, like just generally speaking, with people, um, whether you're in in work mode or not, 
I don't think, and this is this is highly theoretical, but I don't think that should change how you be with people because then by doing that, I think you're losing something. Mm, very interesting. I think you have to change though, right? Because uh, if we're talking about work, you have an added added incentive. So if somebody that doesn't care is working as... I don't know. Um, I don't want to bring can up I, the store assistant just, again. Like, but can I can I cut in? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Why isn't that incentive intrinsic? Well, I think as as I kind of said before, I think different levels, different thing, different um, different outcomes throughout your life that you've you've kind of gone through will dictate if you care about other people or not. So somebody can have a very, very struggling childhood, very, very struggling teenage years. And in his adulthood, he doesn't believe that anybody, that he owes care to anyone because everybody failed him. So in that sense, that person feels like he's in the right and says, well, when I was young, nobody cared for me. Nobody showed any sort of sympathy. No one tried to help. So yeah. I'm going to return the favor because I don't think I owe anything to anyone. But yeah. he also needs to work. And certain jobs, uh, I mean, if you're going to work with other people anyway, um, mm -hmm. expect you to have some level of care. You can't just be, you can't say whatever you want. You can't tell somebody to, to jog on and, you know, go to the, go somewhere else or you don't have time for them um, because, you know, you work with other people. So mm -hmm. I I would say, and this is again my opinion, uh, that work will skew your overall, um, let's say, opinion on being kind or not, because you have an incentive of getting paid. Yep, and I completely agree with you. I think you're you're dead right in relation to the the, the situation with the person who has been failed by everybody whom whom who, who mattered to the most. Um, but my question then, I suppose, becomes sort of. That's precisely where the issue is because that I think you're. I think a lot of people. I, I like this. A lot more people in the population than we, we might want to, to think about. I think the figure is statistically significant, and that's why these things, in my view, need to be discussed. Right. So, um, there are a lot of people out there who are just literally. It, it might even be just one phase in their life. It, you know, it, it might be a certain time period in their in their uh, t uh, timeline chart where they're doing this certain job in in a certain way, or they're mm -hmm. going to do this activity in their life, whatever it might be. It might be in their employment or it might not be. It might be in their own, in their own personal private life where they'll do certain things. And in that time period, they might exhibit certain emotions, which might be, um, you could have a heightened sense of care. It could be, you know, gone the, it could have gone, be gone in the opposite direction. But I think this is really where the subject of philosophy really can be championed and it can really be it can really be used as a very helpful tool for people to map out their ethical and moral systems which i think are largely neglected in the modern day education system in particular in, pu in public schools where it's not necessarily a class it's not something like like when we talked about in the other podcast which we haven't released yet but we're going to release it relatively soon about the career ver versus job um, situation where effectively in simple terms you have um, 
<laughs> I'm forgetting the thing I was going to draw. I'm forgetting the parallel I was going to draw now. But um, you just they, brought attention to an episode that wasn't uh, wasn't there without having uh, without with losing your train of thought. Ooh, dangerous. Oh yeah, but it, it, uh, I kind of went halfway, right? I I I didn't do a double dipper, <laughs> but yeah. uh, but now I'm going to do a double take. So I have to. Do, no no no, you're doing a double take because you're watching me, and I'm going to do I'm going to do like a U-turn <laughs> and go back the opposite way. You're you're gone. But, you're like abort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no but what it is is um yeah i forget the parallel I, I, i've gone into a, a gordian knot of of um, not of nonsensical thought but i suppose in simple terms i think that these things are hugely important and i think this is the task for philosophy um which i don't think anybody has any real understanding about which i think is very unfortunate um but there is this notion certainly in eastern philosophy where you've got this notion of dharma right so because it's it's a very popular well it's not a very popular but it would be a a very popular eastern like thought where you have this sense of like obligation or go back to the title of the this podcast a sense of duty where i need to do this whether i'm getting employed for it or not I'm going to have an excellent garden in my backyard. I'm going to make my garden phenomenal. And whether I'm a gardener by trade or I'm just a weekend warrior gardener, um, I have a real passion for gardens and sunflowers and roses and all things wonderful, fine and dandy, right? So my passion is, is, is my garden and I can't be without my garden looking pristine. So that person who has that view... It's their dharma to get up on a Sunday morning and weed their flower beds, right? So, whether they're getting paid for it or not, it's just something that they do. It's something that's intrinsically built into their moral fiber. It's just systematically, and it might be a, that might be a survival mechanism. A lot of psychologists would say, well, that's just a survival, um, you know, that's just a structure that you've you've learned to. That's just a simple adaptation to your environment where everything else is been quite difficult for you right well i'm going to find solace in gardening and painting and art and, and literature and those sorts of things which is fine but i think that people need to develop their sense of dharma and what it can be for them and what these things mean so in simple terms in one sentence what i'm trying to say is when you're in the world of work i don't think you need to be fake nice i think you should just be nice by definition and i don't mean nice as in you you, you know you're going to get walked over in but you say you're in a business meeting and you're discussing, a, you know, you're trying to, and you're in the middle of like a three week like end negotiation period, you know, involving you know three different boards of directors and shareholders from five different companies, and you're in the third week of negotiations and you're about to lose 1.6 million, and it's all going to happen in the space of 20 minutes. You know, you can be quite cutthroat there, but regardless of that, regardless of what situation you're in, or you're the grocery clerk, it it, it really doesn't matter to me as far as I'm concerned. I think the premise is the exact same, and I think that that should be. No, no matter what, whether you're in work or you're not in work, I don't think your central character should shift. But I think my view is that our central character, base character, does shift. I think when we go off duty, then we shift back into places to who we, we really are. And I think a lot of us are a lot nicer than we are, say, the person who we are, who you meet at work, which makes sense. That's intuitive. But I think that we waste a lot of energy shifting between those two states. I think there's not much of a necessity to do that obviously as people get older and they get more more, more experienced they do this they, they do this quite you know you know they don't even really take any notice of it but i would be of the opinion this could be completely this could be completely wrong but i would be of the opinion that there's a lot of energy there that's being 
because we're quite conscious of doing it. Although, in a sense, when you when you're working for many years, you'll be almost unconscious. You know, you even you might even take things in a work sort of mindset. You might even start to develop a hobby, a second hobby outside of your job, quite seriously, in a work mode sort of a strategy, which kind of makes it better, right? So it's 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 not a bad thing. I'm just trying to understand. We don't seem to have much of a say if you start putting some like lines on on a map and you start going right here's true north you know i think that's important i don't, I don't think we have true true north in this in this society you know we, we we don't really have a benchmark for what care actually means and how much we should we should give and also of course when to pull pull back to when your person who you who you're caring for isn't isn't either a present or b is receiving too much and is just draining you of all of your resources and the relationship becomes far too one-sided and it just borders it borders on on being abusive so you know i think it's important that people develop these sorts of con- these the, these thoughts and i think the answer is is in philosophy i actually you know um just listening to you there um i think you're right it is in philosophy right it is um but and also, you you mentioned how you know you might be wrong in your opinion. I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that nobody's opinion is wrong as long as you state that it's your opinion. Um, I think everybody's entitled to their own opinion, unless it's like about facts. Okay, that's different. But uh, I'd actually love to hear, you know, the listeners' point of view because I think this is this is where uh, there's a true line drawn. I think previous episode um, when we were fleshing it out, we had um, out off of the podcast we had different opinion but then when we actually went to record it all of a sudden then we, our opinions kind of aligned um but here i think we have a difference of opinion very minor difference of opinion um where you believe that we should care um as a uh, as a default and yes. how how yes, pre- um, precisely yeah and how work shouldn't shift the level of care that we put in that we should just do it because you know everybody should care about one another um now i would like to quick fire some questions at you um like i think i so often do around this this time of the podcast when we kind of developed the concept a little bit and uh based on what you've kind of said i'm kind of like thinking okay well i i have a couple of of thoughts in my head and let's see if if i'm if i'm getting this right um so i think philosophy is correct i think it is in philosophy the answer but i also see philosophy as um kind of an ex uh, expressing your opinion being able to vocally express your opinion and develop internally and all that kind of stuff so if somebody uh, through philosophy finds out that they just don't care about other people are they wrong like if they've gone through the path and you know if they've um they have opinions and everything are they wrong to think that uh caring is wrong if it's their opinion um and i know that you're saying us as people should just care about one another in general but if you're bringing philosophy into it i think you're going to have people of varying opinions it's not going to be as straightforward as yes i have to care so based on that 
I feel like you will have people that will fall off of the scale of caring and be like, I just don't care. So, yeah, it's kind of like, how do you address that? How do, how, how does that impact everything? Um, it's not, this is kind of <laughs> what I was saying before. It's not straightforward in my head, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, these things shouldn't be straightforward in, in one's head. They're a complicated, multifaceted, multidimensional, um, you know, um, system. And I think that's, I mean, I think you're right. I, I think to think that there are people in the population who don't care, if to think that that they don't, that they are not present, is you know that 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 would be ludicrous. Of course, they they exist, um, and in in much larger numbers than than one might think or might one might, might one might might want to expect. Um, I think Nietzsche did this very well. I'm not particularly familiar with any, any of his work actually because it's so notoriously difficult to read, um, and it's just so dense. But what I can understand, um from what Jordan Peterson kind of kind of concluded from what he was saying was and I, I'm, I'm trying to find it I've been trying to find this video for months but I, I can't seem to find the video so forgive me if I butcher it but the, the, the general sort of snippet of what he was saying paraphrasing Nietzsche was basically saying something to the effect of if you think that people are by and large by definition good well you're you're widely mistaken so um, and I would agree with that, actually. I would say that most people are actually not good at all. Um, and when I say good, what I mean by that is that there is a notion of evil in them, and they actually are very willing to go to the stage where they would rather destroy than build. Uh, just a, a, a point there, and just while you kind of have that fresh in my mind before I lose this train of thought through... Uh further conversations do you think that that trait of evil let's let's call it evil i don't think it's necessarily evil i just think mm-hmm. it's like um um because I, I i always feel evil is a, is a strong word right so and i don't want to think of us people humans as evil but let's just in quotations use the word evil carefully but um do you think that's that's that comes down to our 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 nature of you know, fundamentally, we are animals. Um, so, in that sense, do you think the evil aspect can be drawn? You can draw a conclusion based on our um, animal nature. Yeah, I would largely agree that that's just down to the human condition. That's not down to any particular um, experience, fun- uh, fundamentally. Um, anything like that I would say that's just largely by definition the very core of who we are as a species um, and it's it's not it's not actually to be evil is not actually necessarily a bad or a wrong thing but certainly in our very very well developed um, society it is and you know <clears throat> I think a lot of li- our literature describes this very well it's like the definition of evil mightn't be what you think it is it's not like the pickaxe murderers it's about you know someone who works in a you know a public sec- like sector job as some administrative person in some you know random institution who is just like notoriously just like making all these like say you work and you take someone who works in housing for like for example for a, l- a large like local authority by the way just stop me if I'm going off on a tangent too much um and they have say I don't know they've got like thirty applications to deal with each week and that's their sort of target and they might get in fifty so they do thirty everyone's happy no one's asking any questions of their you know competence and so on but 
they might be in that job for many, many years. They might have like a disability. The, what the story I'm describing for any of the you know the big fans of Avicii who are listening to this is Dostoevsky's notes from underground. So that that's precisely what Dostoevsky was was writing about when he was writing about that that man in his in his forties in that in that wonderful book. It's only about a hundred pages long, and basically he was doing everything he could possibly do to forge and mess up everyone's applications. And just he was using that little bit of power that he had in this world because he was, you know, he he, he didn't really do very well. He was also very very, very sick as well. So he was he, he was also very very bitter and very resentful. So he he was in this sort of job that he was in. And he didn't like what he he was doing. He felt very bitter towards it. So he started messing up everyone's applications and he basically delayed everything as much as he possibly could. He made everyone's life hell that that he could. That's the evil I'm talking about. Now of course he's not going to be going around like murdering people at night, but it's that notion of good versus evil. It's not about what we might think about to be evil in a traditional sense. So I don't know if that's answering your question, but um, again, it's on it's on a spectrum. It's it's not it's not um, you know what we might think of the word evil to to mean really. That's a matter of semantics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, I think evil can be scaled between other between people. I think everybody uh, is evil in a way, um, but. I just always think the word evil, I, I always think that there's probably a better word than evil. Um, evil, um, especially, I well, what I think anyway, is that in books they might use evil to um, amplify it for uh, literature purposes. But I think perhaps in everyday uh, wordings, evil might be the wrong word, but I'm... I just cannot think of the right word, which tends to happen a lot in this podcast. <laughs> I just, just well, words it's a ni- elude me. <laughs> the word evil is probably not ideal, but it's a nice placeholder for what's happening um, in that sort of a sense. So you've got something that's good, that's to be cherished, that's to, to be championed, to be fostered. And then you've got evil, which is something that's like, well, are we sure that that's complete like derision? Like, is that really what we're looking at? Or... Is it something that's like even necessary? So I think the word evil is is um, it's sort of a very caustic word. It's sort of it's like saying the word cancer. It, it, it's a very oh 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 dear, no one likes that, you know. And it's like so it's almost like quite visceral of a reaction that it kind of gets oftentimes. So we might feel that we should change the word there. But actually, no, I'd argue we shouldn't, because I think it's uh, it's very powerful. Because you mightn't be, you know, murdering three or four people, but at the same time... Okay, cool. Yeah, it's back playing now, yeah. Okay, and uh, can you clap? 
So cool. I'll just start it off again. Yeah, sure. All right. Sorry about that, folks. Um, my equipment just decided to shut off. So hopefully that doesn't happen again. Um, <laughs> and, and, and Don, I'm so sorry. I just happened to cut you off completely there while you were uh, on, a, on a kind of a pretty good tra- trajectory there. And I'm not sure if you still have that thought process, but, uh, you, you know, <laughs> it's... Uh, well, I'm glad someone cut me off because someone was due, someone's long overdue to cut me off. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> I, have no, I have no problem at all. We were just discussing, I suppose, the whole notion of like good versus evil, but in particular to use the word evil as a placeholder for, for bad. And you had like a, a, a kind of a, a bit of an issue with the, the term evil and you were saying like, Perhaps we shouldn't be using the term evil. It's 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 an awfully difficult word. It's awfully strong, you know. And then I was just saying, like, well, if you think about it, like it it it's it's not evil in the traditional sense. It's more of like what you know what it can kind of mean. It, it it's not like about being genuinely like how do you say it like demonic um or like a heinous crime, you know. Yeah, but um, I think I don't really see the word evil as a murder or something like someone being evil and murdering people the word evil for me has a very um impactful meaning because i see evil um partially probably because you know i was brought up as a as a catholic like uh, um so the word evil very much pertains to the to the image of the devil and the evil acts and all that kind of stuff so for me the word evil has a pretty powerful meaning that i don't think in my opinion, is suited for these kind of conversations. I think there's another word there that's probably better um, suited for them. But as as I said before, mics turned off. Uh, all of a sudden, when I when we start to record, words elude me for for some reason, and I just can't pick the right word. Um, so I talk in uh, uh, simple words, where I know that I can't forget the simple stuff. At least I think, anyway. <laughs> That's often a better strategy than using uh, elaborate language. Um, but yeah, so I think it's interesting to, to think about, you know, the whole notion that people are are all the time good because I think it's 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 actually not true at all. Um, I think a lot of people are, are capable of, be, of being very difficult. And I mean, I really think that people can do two things. I think they can either build or they can destroy. And it's as you said, like earlier in the episode where you were making the, you know, drawing the parallel between the person who mightn't be particularly, um, you know, patient because they themselves have had nobody there in their lives to, you know, help them get to where they need to be. So, you know, they're just, you know, playing it the best way they possibly can. And if that means like mowing down, you know, 100 people, like like metaphorically to get to where they need to go, then then so be it. And I think there's there's nothing really wrong with that. It's just that as we go through life and as we get older and as we have more experiences and we understand what it means to be, to be human, I think there's plenty of room, ample room, in fact, for being pleasant and cooperative and being able to have the energy left to give to other people. And you'll often find this. I mean, this has been quite commonly um, experienced, at least in my end, to people who you have like along the way. So you might, ha- you might, you might go to the barber shop and you'll go, get, you'll go get your hair cut and you'll meet a really nice barber and he'll have a wonderful conversation with you, and he'll really, really just be, he really give more than he probably needs to, you know, he'll have that, or if you're a woman, go into a hairdresser's, and, and so on, it's the same thing, I, I imagine, and um, maybe it's not, you know, women can let us know this, uh, but let's just take a simple example, and um, 
like for me, you can just go in, go get your hair cut. Your man doesn't say two words, and he, you know, cut, he cuts your hair and he gets on with it, and then you pay and you and you you get out of there. You know, everyone's happy, and that's fine. There's there's nothing wrong with that. There's no obligation for the barber to talk to you excessively, not even excessively, but just you know, to have like the common touch. You know, um. So that's kind of where I'm kind of going with it. So it's like. Not to be overtly generous, because that's just, like I said, that can be quite damaging if you're not going to receive anything back. And, like, it defies logic and intuition if you're not going to get any of it back, then why give in the first place? I think that's a place we've reached in society at the moment where we don't really, we're kind of all sick of each other. And I think that's a worrying place to be. Perhaps also um, an added thing there, not a question, I suppose, perhaps, or or concept is um, we're probably not getting better uh, with the with the introduction of um, social media for one that kind of detaches from from ourselves uh, from ourselves and from others and so the notion of caring about other people perhaps is a is a distant uh, memory of of older generations when they actually had interaction with one another uh, instead of internet um, at times anonymous chats so perhaps we are heading towards uh, a future where there'll be less and less care um, and I don't know if there's a way to counteract that I mean you know people would say oh it's easy you just as an individual do your best and I think that is fair thing to say if everybody if everybody collectively decides to be more caring the issue will be resolved but I don't think it's something that you can do because there's going to be some people and perhaps, you know, and this is just one scenario, but there, there could be other, ish, other factors that will push somebody to not do something. But I always say that the concept of the homework rule, that if somebody tells you to do something, you and, well, the majority of people won't do it because it's homework. And... Um, if you just go around and say everybody has to show more care, everybody has to be more caring, not to show more caring, but you, your personality has to be more caring. People are just going to be like, no, you know, and uh, I think that's where the issue is. You know, we're, we're getting down to the future. Uh, we're, we're going towards a path where we're actually going to start caring less and less because of the, um, the society that we live in. And I'd love to hear your point there on that one, Don. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Once again, that is very true. Um, I have two points to say about this really. I suppose the first one, before I forget it, is the whole notion of the fact that we're, we have a, probably most people, I would say, kind of run on, on autopilot. So <clears throat> whatever it is that they're doing with their lives, and they're, they're not particularly being very aware of it. I think that's where meditation is really helpful and very useful to use as a tool to keep yourself present and to keep yourself, you know, to being mindful. Um now, like, for me, this is precisely, uh, this is why I'm saying I'm really pointing towards philosophy in this episode because I think it really it really matters. And I think these sorts of questions can be answered when you take a the approach where you need to be a bit more insightful into relation to what's happening with your own mind and being more present and being more uh, aware of your own thoughts and emotions and where you kind of sit with these sorts of things. And I just think that most people don't really tend to it's not, in, in other words, to put it this way, 
there's not a lot of reward, at least it doesn't seem to be at face value. Those people aren't being rewarded for being in the present. It's not something that's like, because, like, you know, we'll go to work, we'll do this, we'll do that. You know, you got to come home, then you got to deal with the, with the nagging wife, then you got to deal with the nagging kids, and, da, 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 and then all of a sudden it's, it's 10 o'clock, you know. It's like, there's, there's a lot of pressure to do certain things in certain ways in, in life, and that's just life, and that's absolutely fine. But what there isn't any particular, it's not even been popularized. Uh, well, it is, but not really in the best of ways. But at least, to my, at least for for my money, there's not a lot of there's not much of a placeholder. There's not much of a value been given to people to take some time out for themselves every day and just just to think about things and to just sit there and think. I think a lot of people are completely foreign to that, and I think we're even afraid of our own minds. That's where I think the issue is. Um, the other point I'd say as well is, um, you know, like we're going into a society of like being less caring. Um, yeah, sure. I think that's that's very true, and I think that's that's a natural consequence of where we're going at the moment in society. And I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing because the standards of living are increasing, but we certainly need to understand and acknowledge that it is at the very least a huge problem, and why people are becoming more and more unhappy, generally speaking. And I really believe that that is because people are not present, like I say, with themselves in their own minds, um, and also with others too, because they, the other people are also not present either. So, to have, you know, proper, decent, you know, rich, invigorating conversations with other people is a very, very distant thing now. It doesn't happen very often anymore, because like I say, with the being mindful concept, those sorts of interactions aren't particularly championed. It's all about oh, who's who's winning, who's who's winning the next game of football, who's doing this, who's. It's all like you say about the social media. It's all socially based. There's this huge pressure to focus our attention on different things that are supposed to matter. And I really wonder do they do they matter at all? Now, of course they do. I mean, you know, there's there's huge evidence to support you know the the idea that like you know say like joint team sports matter. Of course they matter. I'm not saying that they don't. But I think we hyper-focus on those sorts of things to an extent where we're actually really missing the real, true, um, you know, the fruits of uh, of life, to be honest. So I'm not too sure if that's answering your question precisely, Mick, but you might ask me or you might um, you might let me know. No, no, it's it's it's, it's good. Yeah, um, I think it does cover it. And and, you know, as you said, uh, it's it's hard to have those intellectual conversations with people not so much intellectual because uh, it, it doesn't necessarily need to be an intellectual one but but of course you can you can definitely rely on us on this podcast to uh, to have some interesting conversations that you can always join in um you know that that's why that's why we're here but uh i guess uh before we we wrap things up here because i think we we have a lot of we did a lot of um I think we we discussed the point a lot, um, but again, what I would what I would like to hear from yourself is a summarized one sentence of um, kind of. Well, I suppose you kind of did give us the summary at the very start that you think that we should care, but um, I suppose a summary of um, how this could work and. Maybe even cast yourself in the future and see 
what could happen if we don't? Like, it's not going to be... Like, if we continue this way, there's still going to be people who care. That's not going to... That's never going to change. People are going to care. A certain level of people are going to care. Of course, that level of people will um, reduce year on year. Um, or it might increase. Who knows? Maybe something happens. Maybe the, the certain life events will happen. And then also, if you would consider this um, lack of caring um, a threat, a worldwide threat, in, in a way, a threat to ourselves... Yeah, that's that's a lot to ask in one sentence, but I'll do my best. Um, well, well, you, you, well, you get one sentence for each one. <laughs> your two points are actually can actually be nicely amalgamated into one, so I'll do it like this. A society where where women and children are not cherished dies. That's it. Because what well, I suppose. What one should what one should be taken from that really you know to read between the lines there is that at the moment we're not cherishing that because we're no longer having families. That's that's a problem. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, it was a it was definitely a nice one to uh, <laughs> to 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 make and uh, ending with a with a with a powerful message by by our by our very own Don here. Um, so. I think fundamentally we should care as a basic default uh, but the issue is that we just don't um, and it's sad it's a sad issue uh, I don't want to bring the mood of this ending down so uh, let's let's keep our head held high and of course as I said before at the very start this is a very important day that we're, we're actually recording on because it's actually World Suicide Prevention Day um, and of course you know uh, together we can get through it and uh, there's always going to be somebody out there that cares um, which ties in very well with this podcast in a way we said that we're getting closer to not caring but you know people will care people are out there that do care about others um, so on this day you know the fundamental message is together we can all get through this um, which goes back to what you were saying, together we can continue on caring about each other and just making the world, our lives, a better place. I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Don. I'll let you uh, rhyme. No, that's, that's, a good, that's a good summary. I had something I was going to say, and then unfortunately it's just my mind. But um, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, just, just, just briefly I'll try and do this. Um, yeah, a particularly poignant day today, um, now that you've mentioned that, but it is worth remembering that if we can make it a task, that's, if we can, it is, it is a task for philosophy, I believe, and it is something that we need to think about. And I suppose, oh yeah, that's what I was actually going to say, particularly on this episode, I really am asking, well, myself in particular, Don is asking the listeners to care about the podcast too and to ask ourselves questions and to ask you know ask yourselves questions in the chat and to really um give birth to some conversations about this i'd be really interested to see what you have to say about this one because i think this one really 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 matters absolutely 
And of course, if you guys want to get into contact with us, you can uh, check out our description box. There you will find our Twitter, which is probably our, the best place to get in contact with us. Um, but you can also, um, as Don said, one of the days, if your uh, comment or question is is more than 140 characters, we also have our email in the description box below for you to message us. Uh, we love to hear you. We love to hear your opinions. Uh, that's what this podcast is here for, for conversation. Um, and yeah. I guess that's it. I mean, all that's left to say is you've been listening to the Udemodia podcast. And I've been your host, Mick. And I've been Don, guys. An absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for tuning in on Monday, every day, on every Monday, as always. Um, thank you so much for your time and for your years. And uh, we'll see you next Monday with a brand new episode of the Udemodia podcast. Thank you so much. Bye. Good night and God bless.